0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome to another fun-packed, educational, opportunistic episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and I have the privilege this week of interviewing Corina Cantus. She is an author, she's a writer, uh, avid reader, I'm sure, uh, living in the land of Greece, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I want to keep this short because I know she's got to be getting ready for a radio, some radio stuff she's going to be doing here in a little bit. And so I want to just really talk with her and let her talk about herself as much as possible. So first things first, Karina, can you say hi to the people?
1: Hi, people. I'm Karina Gantis. I'm from the UK and I live on the island of Corfu in Greece. Thank you, Will, for having me.
0: Not a problem at all. Uh, so Karina, as always, we always start kind of talking with the origin story a little bit just so we can get to, get to know the people that are on the show a bit and so one of the things we always ask for is you know information about you for example uh anything you enjoyed growing up as a child things that got you into right reading writing uh how you got into this wonderful world of sharing and creating things uh, and so just you know tell us about where you grew up tell us about Anything like that, that, anything that you would like to share with us as far as kind of what got you into writing and things like that? So whenever you're ready, you can begin.
1: Okay, well, um, it was S.E. Hinton's books, um, The Outsiders, Rumblefish, that was then, this is now, and uh, what's the other one she did? Texts, and Taming of the Star Runner. They're all little little novellas, but they were all about a group of... uh, people or a person that never felt like they fitted in anywhere and and so went against society's rules and became more of a, a gang outlaw but a brotherhood or a sisterhood and um, after I read her first book The Outsiders I just uh, something, something just really really got me it grabbed me and I went to the library to see if there's any more kind of outlaw young thug kind of uh, stories and I couldn't find any and I was like aha this is a marketplace for me so why don't I write my story and uh, it, it will fit in nicely with uh, what's missing at the moment um, I had a, a bad childhood um, we lived in a, a bad area um, where there'd be robberies and break-ins and people getting beat up and what have you and this is in the UK and I was bullied through all my schooling so um I didn't have I didn't have a great childhood and I I I think I started writing sort of in my upper school year from 13 upwards and in times of violence my first book was actually a short story of 18 pages that was written and I loved it and I just left it didn't do anything with it, didn't think of publishing it. Back then, there were no eBooks, there was no Facebook, you know, you didn't think about publishing a short story. So I just kept writing in my imagination, so um, vivid and um, uh, weird and and nightmares I had would then go into stories. And um, I just kept writing all these like little flash fictions of putting myself into a situation it would look like i've had um, lots of stuff published in e because uh, or magazines because there was no uh, like i said uh, things were back then were a lot different so i a lot of my first books have um are very biographical i put a lot of myself in my books um all of all of my books even now i've got parts of me in it but at the beginning they were, very biographical and I got a lot of closure for writing them for what happened um during uh, my younger years and being able to to get that down on paper it did actually give me a lot of closure especially with the the bullying side of things um I basically you don't excuse my language. you don't piss off a writer because uh, then they kill you off in a book. And so I did. I, I got my revenge in my book for all those uh, bullies all those years ago. So um, yeah, that' was my growing up, not not too uh, not too much of a happy situation, but uh, definitely uh, inspiring to to write about it. And yeah, it was Essie Hinton that uh, got me to write my first book. So it's all thanks to her.
0: Okay. And you talked about writing your stories and writing about a lot out of your pain and things like that, a lot of struggles, whether it be uh, the childhood growing up, whether it be bullying, uh, especially I heard that a lot in there. I know when I wrote my first children's book, uh, Hero Needed, uh, I dealt with bullying uh, mm-hmm. from a standpoint of, you know, these really smart intellectual kids versus this bigger stronger kid so to speak and, and kind of this just mentality sometimes it comes with bullying uh where it's well we're bigger we're stronger so obviously we get what we want um and it doesn't always work that way nor should it work that way you know and a little bit of it's, kindness I feel like goes a long way for whoever you yeah. are wherever you are
1: I think uh, bullying is is the subject that um is, is written about a lot and talked about a lot and uh, they do stuff at schools to help the situation but what happens is, is the bullies finish school, they go off, they, they get married, they have kids, they've they got a good job. What about the victim? Because that bullying, that physical and mental bullying stays with the victim throughout their lives and they can forget about who they used to beat up and who they used to cause so much depression and aggro and upset too. But the person that they did it to, it's not so easy to forget. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm married, I've got my own kids. Um, I've, I've written about it. Stone Cold basically mentions a lot about, about the bullying. Um, but it's something that, I remember it as if it was yesterday, especially yes. when I was physically uh, basically uh, attacked in my own home and held with a knife by some girls, we um, were getting into a, a dangerous situation there and, mm. and something like that you do not forget, doesn't matter whether you get therapy or not, you don't forget a situation like that, and that's uh, that's actually in Stone Cold. There's, like I said, there's a lot of. Um, in Times of Violence, is more about um, when I was a teenager and hanging around with the uh, guys in the village, and they're all bikers, and we went round and we just had fun and and stuff. That's what In Times of Violence is about. But Stone Cold, even though I put it on as a supernatural thriller and made it, you know, readable and um, adventurous, it still has a lot of what I went through, um, my own experiences okay. in that book.
0: Okay, okay. So do you feel like writing is therapeutic? Do you feel like the writing, when you were able to write this stuff out and get this out of the stories, do you feel like that helps to deal with some of those issues that, you're, that you deal with from that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I killed off everybody very gruesomely in Stone Cold and I felt great. Yeah. (laughs) Ah.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) But um, uh, in in my other books, uh, there's a a series called Outlaw, which starts with the young adult in times of violence. And then there's um, Huntress, Lawless Justice and Road Rage. They get more um, explicit, more violent as they go along. And these all originally, these ideas originally all came from nightmares. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, how, that's what inspired me to write that, that, that series, Outlaw, was, was nightmares. And then I went totally 160 and watched Lord of the Rings and fell in love with fantasy and wrote a uh, young adult clean. young adult fantasy called Illusional Reality, which has won awards. Uh, The audio book's coming out very, very soon. And that is actually with a publisher. I actually got a contract for the two books. Uh, And then I've gone on with Dystopian Erotica. I've gone on with Mafia, Thriller, Dark Romance. And Short Stories, like I said, all went into nice collections of um, flash fiction.
0: Wow! So it sounds like you got yeah. So it sounds like that uh, there's a lot of range going on with what you're writing, different things like that. That's really interesting. Exactly,
1: exactly. I'm a. I started off as the MC thriller author before any of these other. Um, authors came out and started writing about bikers and outlaw bikers because of that TV series, Sons of Anarchy. It got everyone, especially the women, you know, oh, I want to write about badass bikers. Well, my series was out before that TV series even came out. Mm-hmm. You know, I was one of the first out there. Um, and uh, you always write about what you know, And because I've been in that situation where I've, ha- I've always had bikers around me when I was younger. I was able to write about you know the truth of what happens and stuff with the MCs, motorcycle clubs. And I thought that was that was going to be it, you know, the series finished, done. And, and then I, like I said, I had all those flash fictions and all of the flash fiction stories are all different genres. We're talking horror, comedy, historical romance, thriller, fantasy, science fiction. And so I knew from doing those short stories that if I wanted to, I was able to write a novel in that uh, genre. And it, yeah, it's, it's just gone on. I have a, a fantasy, a time where I wanna write fantasy. Then I have the dystopian, which I worked with another author on. She kept her version clean. I turned mine into erotica. So that the audience gets, the reader gets a choice of which book they wanna read, even though it's exactly the same story. Hmm. so uh, we did that and that's called toxic we're working on book 2 at the moment together um for the next cuz we're hoping to be a trilogy but book 2 we're working on now um then um i oh, i had uh, now now i'm into uh mafia thrillers and and dark romance and it just go through i just go through stages but yeah i i can put my hand up and say I can write in any fiction genre and I've done um poetry I've had poetry published um prose and I've uh, done freelance articles book reviews I've I'm a writer and an author
0: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so now I see with your banner it has you know K. Cantus author assist so now in addition to writing, in addition to publishing and things like that, with everything, it looks like you're also somebody who works with other authors as well.
1: That's correct. When when I first started uh, 27 years ago, and I published, uh, self-published in times of violence. I had no idea what to do, where to go next, how to promote it, how to market it. And all through these years, I've learned um, from courses from... Um, other people, from authors, um, from webinars, from um, just basically uh, knowing how to promote and market. And I wanted to give back to the authors that were in the same situation as myself. So I started Author Assist first for narrations, where I read a small excerpt from the author's book um, that goes up onto YouTube, and they can use it as a promotional tool. And then it went on with there; it just went on and on and on. And over the last five years, I have about twenty odd services now that I do everything from book trailers to setting up uh, audio books to brainstorming ideas, the marketing, the promotion, social media. I I cover everything from the first initial idea right through to the publication and the marketing and promotion and um i've uh, gone on to uh i have my radio show as you know that will be on live at 1pm today 1pm est i will be on live with author assist um talking to some authors and i have two podcasts narrations by kk and behind the pen and i also um do author assist uh, which um, like I said just helps uh, authors um, not just um, doing the job for them of promoting their book but actually having a face-to-face conversation on camera and showing them step-by-step of how to do it themselves. I don't want them to keep coming to me or going somewhere else and paying money money all the time to do this job when if they wanted to, I can teach them how to do it themselves. So that's what um, Author Assist is all about. It's me assisting authors, but also trying to train them into um, knowing how to promote and market themselves successfully and uh, with confidence.
0: Okay, okay. That certainly sounds cool. And uh, we've talked, I believe about me possibly coming on the Behind the Pen podcast at some point, which I would love to yes. do by the way. Uh, yes, definitely. So uh, now how did you get into podcasting?
1: Well, it started off when I had an interview on the radio show, which is the Artist First Radio Network. And after the interview, the station manager says, do you fancy doing your own show? And I was like, blown away, you know, I did not expect that at all. And I was like, I don't know if I could do that. You know, I've never done interviews. I've never hosted anything. And he said, I think you could. And I'm going on to four years now of Author Assist radio show. And then I thought, well, I love chatting with these authors, but I I would love to do a face-to-face interview. I think it's more intimate. Um, And with the radio show, it's scripted, but with behind the pen I wanted to know nothing apart from the person's name Hmm. and then as we talk and we chat the audience and myself we learn who that person is behind the pen. Now that started off as just authors but then I decided well it's not just authors that write, musicians write, Uh editors write, then you've got the illustrators that use a pen, and so behind the pen turned into the journey of an artist and not as a writer. That's only recently gone on to do that. And so I've been interviewing bands, musicians, um, directors. I interviewed Walter uh, Koenig the other day with uh, he's. Um, Played Chekhov in Star Trek: The Original Series. Mm-hmm. So I've had some pretty big people on my show, and uh, I, I love doing a face-to-face because it's it's more intimate, and you can just like I say, it's not scripted, so we just chat, and it goes either right. you know it goes either on one path or it goes to the hemisphere and back. We <laughs> don't know, you know, you know, you don't know where it's going to go, and I can talk with them for twenty minutes. I can talk with them for an hour, depending on what the rapport is like with the guests, whether mm. we connect and whether, you know, everything, uh, if they give me one, one uh, word answers, then the interview isn't going to go very well. But, right, um, right, right. Exactly. So uh, yeah, so I, that's why I got into podcasting and uh, it's going really well. So I have my radio show and my podcast behind the pen, which is, I think what's different about Behind the Pen is, first of all, like I said, it's not scripted, and I don't want to know anything about my guest except the name, and that uh, it's a YouTube show, and then it's converted into audio podcast, so the author actually gets two lots of promotion, because of course, me being a promoter and a marketer, I can then promote them all over social media, both times, so... They get a really Mm -hmm. good
0: deal with that. Definitely so. Definitely so. Now, you mentioned your family earlier because you mentioned, you know, you said that even though all that stuff went on with you growing up and everything, you've now got a husband, you've now got children and everything. And so, even though you still got them now, it sometimes feels like it was just yesterday when some of this stuff happened. Uh, So, I I, want to first of all ask this question with you having such a range, uh, if I can ask this question. How did you meet your then, how did you end up meeting your hubby?
1: My hubby uh, was working in a cocktail bar in a tourist resort. And um, I took my sister on holiday. uh, She was 16, I was uh, 18, I think at the time. And um, yeah, I met him in a cocktail bar and we started chatting and we went to some other bars and we decided that his bar was the best. (laughs) And um, so we stayed there all night and then um, the following morning when we were walking around the resort, we saw all of the bar staff from that cocktail bar cleaning and and getting ready for the for the next evening. And they called us over for a frappe, which is like an ice cold coffee. Mm -hmm. So we sat there and we chatted with them all and, and he said something to me and I turned around and looked at him and he was smiling and it hit me. Cupid's arrow hit me it was lightning honestly and um, so th- that's how we met and the rest of the two weeks we spent together my poor sister was left on a road to do her own oh, thing <laughs> while, uh, while we were um, enjoying the holiday and then I went back home and quit my job and came back over but it hasn't been easy it was very difficult um, with the language and being accepted by um, his Greek family. Um, I became ill from the stress of it and my illness has just progressed. And uh, I am um, i have a disability, I have diabetes, I have fibromyalgia, I'm in constant pain, I have chronic insomnia, I take 15 pills every day. That's my life now. Um, but I'm still writing. I'm still have a business. I still love doing what I'm doing, even with all of that going on. Mm-hmm. And I have the most amazing family. My children do everything that I can't do. My husband is not a typical Greek husband. He's taking over doing the chores that I can't do around the house. Um, I, I My life has changed completely since I became ill, but it doesn't stop me from, from working at home and doing what I do and enjoying what I do and helping people,
0: mm-hmm. even
1: in the situation that I'm in Will
0: Okay. Okay. And so you, you have this very interesting kind of world where romance, uh, Cupid hit you with lightning bolts And, totally. and, and with him. And now you've got these wonderful children and of course, even with your you know current situation of physical illnesses and disabilities, you're still I appreciate that that outlook on it that you know I still get to do what I love doing, even though I'm dealing with these issues in my life, even though I've got these circumstances. That I'm, I, with me, I'm still able to do what I love. Yeah,
1: I've I've gone through hell as a child. I've gone through being bullied basically all my life, even cyberbullied even as a mother. I was cyberbullied bullied on, on Facebook, um, it, just, it just never stops for me. And then with the illness on top, everything that I've gone through, I thank God and I am blessed with the family he's given me. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I would have had the strength to go through what I've gone through if I didn't have the amazing husband and two amazing daughters. And I thank God for that. And no matter what has happened in my life, um, I am—I feel so blessed with what I have now.
0: Hmm. Um, I heard it in a movie one time a while back, and it was a movie that, um, and I forget what it was. I, no, I know what it is. I don't I remember now. It was Incredibles. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> and there's a scene where Bob and his wife Helen are sitting there and She's like, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss all this adventure. And he looks at her and he says, you know what I realized after all the craziness? He's like, What's that? The greatest adventure that I could ever have in my life is my family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought that was a really powerful point. Of course, that's one of my favorite like animated uh, movies ever for lots of reasons. Just the Incredibles as a whole, that you know, first and second one I really enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, yeah, family can be the greatest adventure for anybody who's willing to take on the challenge of
1: mm-hmm.
0: it. Um, so I think that's really cool. So uh, now mentioning because you started off writing a lot of stuff from a lot of the pain and stuff you've gone through. Uh, are we going to get a romance uh, version of your you and your husband's story?
1: <laughs> yeah. It- Saying to me, all these tourists that I used to sell my books to, they'll say, "When are you going to do a story about Greece? When are you going to do a story about uh, about Corfu?" And um, and I haven't. But but what I with this uh, dark mafia thriller, I've actually got the Greek mafia involved, and um, what goes on with them happens in Athens. So that's mm-hmm. mentioned. Corfu is not mentioned, of course, but the main character is actually, um, her father is the the leader, the boss of the Don of the uh, Greek mafia. And she doesn't even know because she's estranged from her family. Oh. Uh, yeah, until he decides that it's time that she took her place and um, sets up a, a marriage with uh, the son of the Russian Don, to make the alliance between the Greek and the Russian mafias.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, but um, and then the Italian kidnapper um, because uh, they want to know uh, where um, all about the, the Greek mafia and of course she can't give them any answers because she's only just found out that right. who her father really is. I mean, her mother is supposed to have been dead for 10 years, but she's she's alive and she was with um, her husband in Greece, running the Greek Mafia. And, um, but that, that's, the, that's the quick and easy version of the book. But it's dark, it is violent, it is explicit. Um, I wouldn't recommend anybody who doesn't like uh, uh, stories like that to read it. But I had so much fun writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Wattpad and InkIt. Anyone can go and read the full first draft, which will stay on Wattpad and Inkit. Um, And I'm looking for a publisher for this uh, new book. But that's the first time I've mentioned Greece. So, so Greece is in one of my books. Not exactly how people wanted it, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I have mentioned Greece at last.
0: It's there. It's just in the form of a mafia story. Yeah. So. There you go. There
1: he it, just slaughters, it, slaughters everyone, the Greek prime there, minister there, and everyone. There,
0: there are guns and suits and ties and a Everything. girl who doesn't know that she's a part of all this and she's discovering it and then she gets kidnapped. So
1: I don't hold anything back, Will. I'm as, as explicit uh, as sexual scenes, explicit with the torture that she goes through to try and get answers. Um, She's abused by her own father because she refuses to marry uh, Ivanov, the Russian mafia, Mm. exactly. So she gets um, beat up and abused and and starved and what have you by her own father. So Mm. I put this character through hell and back. Yes, she does get her happy ever after, but she has to go through hell and back before she gets it. And uh, it is probably one of the most violent and explicit books that I've written. But when you're talking about the mafia, um, it's not candy-coated uh, sugar canes and chocolate. And and the same with when I wrote my uh, motorcycle club. Um, I was I they're gritty. They're raw. They're real because I don't I don't can you know I don't give um, uh, happy ever afters. In my books, because I want the books to be realistic, and not everybody gets happy ever afters, especially not in the situation with the mafia or a motorcycle club uh, thriller or romance.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I'm as, I, you know, I try and be as truthful as I can in my books when I when I write about uh, stuff like that. It's not all, um, yeah, uh, candy floss and uh, chocolates. Okay.
0: Like. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, her going through Helen back. Uh, I heard a comedian one time say that she said he wanted to have a daughter. Uh, he said, of course, he'd have to figure out how to do the last name because his last name isn't this. But she was like, it would be funny if he had a daughter and could name her Helen Bach. And they basically trained her up to be this super awesome, warrior esque type of a daughter. But then, whenever like he's going around doing comedian work when he gets older, she becomes his security detail. And so, like he was talking about how like one day he'd be doing comedy for some mafia group or something like that, and somebody comes in, it's like, "Oh, if you don't tell, you told the wrong type of jokes, I'm gonna kill you." And then he's like, "Oh no, that's okay. You're gonna go through Helen back, Helen Helen Bach to get to me." Helen Bach,
1: yeah, like that. Helen
0: Bach to get to me, and she's all, yeah, like like, all like, "Oh, you're just a comedian." He said, "Nah, you don't understand. That's Helen Bach. You're gonna have to go through her."
1: I like that. And then yeah, she just starts Helen whooping Bach. all these
0: mafia people. He's like, "That could be by John Wick. I can totally write that. It's a book or something." <laughs> it's like, and then he's like, and my wife came up to me and said, "Honey, you don't write." And then he just kind of walked out. He's like, "He's like, yeah, you're right. I don't." <laughs>
1: Well well Liz, um, Elizabeth Finley's her name, the main character. She actually starts uh, work with MI5 and she becomes uh, an agent with MI5 before she gets this email um, that's coded. And when she works out what the email is, she works out it's from her father saying that the Greek Prime Minister is going to be assassinated on his trip to the UK.
0: Oh wow. Um,
1: yeah and then it all kicks off after that so yeah it starts with mi5 and then goes on to the mafias and all three the italian greek and the russian mafia are all involved
0: okay so it's called broken
1: chains by the way broken
0: chains okay so now uh since you mentioned that i do want to do something really interesting here um let's just say because in the world of writing people write things And they get adopted in the movies all the time. So let's just imagine a situation. You get broken change done. You get broken change completed. It's out there in the world. Somebody picks it up one day, you know, uh, Michael Bay uh, or somebody like that picks up the book. And it's just like, this sounds thrilling. Um, You know, might not be able to do everything that's in here, but we could do a lot of it. Um, So then they come to you and they say, you know, hey can we turn this into a movie? If you could cast a movie for this book, <laughs> who would at least your main character and her father be? Uh,
1: well, I've got characters like, I've done like character cards, so I know what the character looks like because I have picked these people um, from photographs. But as in actors and actresses, you see, I put myself and my as, as Elizabeth Finley. I go through everything she goes through. I'm a pretty good actress. I could probably pull it off if they'd let me do a screen test, you know. Okay. Um, But uh, it's funny you should say that because Lawless Justice, which is the third book of my Outlaw series, uh, was picked up and someone was gonna write a screenplay for it. Um, and I was warned that by the time it comes out, it will be nothing like my book because they have to take things out. A character has to go, you know, there's, there's lots of things to change. And he said, but it will be based on your book. So when people see the movie and they'll know it's based on lawless justice, well then they'll go and they'll want to read lawless justice. Right. But just to, I mean, even if they had to change the book, like they, he said i would say hell yeah i mean this is like the biggest opportunity you could have is getting your book your a movie based on your book on the big screen and i've come close to that with this uh, screen uh, writer who's going to um do lawless justice and if i had my own choice of director it would be quentin valentina because oh okay uh, the Kittens was actually based on his movie, uh, Car? Death Proof. Death Proof. And those girls from Death Proof were my kittens from Lawless Justice.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and so, yeah, I've actually thanked him in the book. I said, and if uh, Quentin Tarantino actually reads this book, I just want to thank you so much for making an awesome film. And, um, Given me the inspiration to
0: write Lawless Justice. Well, and the thing that's funny about it was, I remember watching Death Proof and thinking to myself, man, you know, okay, so yes, Kurt Russell is this big, super big-time actor. He's the main character. But then, it really kind of turns out <laughs> on its head, and all of a sudden these girls
1: yeah, become the main characters. <laughs>
0: because, you don't know it at the time, the first time you're watching it, it's just like, okay, so it's just, it's just another group of girls who's going to get away with killing. You know, but then you find out no, these girls are a little bit different.
1: Yeah, they it, don't take any crap. <laughs>
0: they, uh, they I love it. They, I love it. It's almost like it's almost like he's the he's the killer. He's the he's the. I mean, just I mean the bravado and the slickness that he walks in and everything, I and mean, then kind of what he ends up doing. Uh, as he's got the car and things like that but then all of a sudden it kind of turns and they become the monster that he has to deal with mm-hmm. and, then, and he doesn't quite get away with it and that's kind of that interesting turn of how you know, and, and it really I mean most of growing up you know you saw a lot of those grindhouse films and of that era you know of course I say that era of course he wrote that years later after the grindhouse era had ended but uh it was that idea of you know taking these women who were just thought of as just eye candy, so to speak, and turning them into the heroes.
1: Yeah, and, and they were just so badass that I just wanted my kittens to, to be like that. But what my kittens are, they live they lead double lives. They are professional women during the day a lawyer, a doctor, a psychiatrist, mechanic a journalist, photographer, and then at night, when they put their leathers on, they become vigilantes, the kittens. And it's actually people hiring them to deal with people that they can't deal with themselves. And right. so they're working for the public, but then things sort of get a bit crossed over, and the one of the kittens... She doesn't like being called the leader, but she is Raven, her name is. Um, she she does something that makes the other members think, well, aren't we supposed to be protecting the public? But now you want us to go after, uh, after a member of the public sort of thing. Basically, what happened was um, they had uh, this uh, guy who owned a, a shop. He was from Pakistan. And he used to have a group of kids threatening the the shopkeep the shoppers, uh throwing eggs at the window, and he, he just wanted to scare off the gang so he could him and his family could live um happily and not have any problems. So they hired the kittens and the kittens gave them a beat down and warned them to stay away. And I think they got the message. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but then they're hired then to to petrol bomb and burn down another person's property um which is the opposite of what they were doing earlier it's like something happened where it wasn't looking after the public anymore it was taking whatever job they were given and how much money they were going to make from doing this and it it, it, the situation changed um and uh but but yeah, they they lead double lives, and the main character Cass, she's the latest recruit, and it's about the story is basically about her, how she has to give up her own family, to become a kitten, um, and 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 how she copes with the violence and what she has to deal with, um, and it's a very uh, everyone said that's ready. I mean, it's got really good. Um, editorial reviews and stuff, and they, they love the twist at the end. I love putting twists at the end of my books. Hmm. Most of my my, my uh, flash fictions have twists, but the kitten, the Lawless Justice has a really good twist, and and people love that twist at the end. So okay, yeah, okay,
0: cool, cool. That sounds interesting too. It's uh, it's interesting that they have kind of well, not only these, and you say double lives. It's interesting when you say stuff like, okay, one of them's a doctor, one of them's a psychiatrist, and I'm just like. Those aren't normal, like, if you look at the movie types, you don't normally have a doctor or a psychiatrist as part of a team that goes out and does kind of vigilante type stuff. And so, so that's interesting too, because it's just like, so hmm, what would a doctor be that's like? Why, all, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. that That's why it will make a kick ass movie, because nothing's ever been on screen like this. This is totally unique. You've never read a book like it you've never seen any movies like this and and it's just getting it to the into the hands of the right person really now because it deserves to to be on the screen i think it would do really well
0: yeah and remember too you know the beautiful thing about this world we're in currently even with a pandemic uh is that a lot of people have become very creative with little resources so there are ways mm-hmm. to get movies and things out there without you having to go to a major hollywood studio if you think about it because i mean goodness netflix over the last few years has been doing a lot of more independent type movies and things like that and sharing those to the world and different that's stations, it. independent film uh independent film prep uh things and things like that so i mean there are awesome ways to get that stuff out there and so uh that would be really interesting so I'm going to get, I'm going to begin to wind down because like I said, I know you've got stuff going on. You're getting ready to That's do That's fine.
1: Something. We're okay for time. Yeah, okay. Uh,
0: so I wanted to ask you, other than the author you mentioned at the beginning, who are some authors that, that, um, that you follow, that you feel encouraged by, that you're uh, inspired by as you write?
1: Um. With the, the Outlaw series it was uh, Essie Hinton and uh, the rock band I Maiden that inspired me because uh, okay. I'm into rock music and I was writing about bikers so it was a perfect uh, combination. Uh, with the fantasy uh, it was definitely Lord of the Rings um, that gave me the inspiration although um, I don't follow The stereotypes and the trope. I have no dragons, unicorns, goblins, hobbits, wizards, nothing like that in my fantasy. It's totally unique and I really advise people that love fantasy to go out and check out Illusional Reality because it'll be something they've never read before. Um, So, and that was Philip Pullman as well with his um, Dark Material Um, trilogy. Um, He inspired me with the Illusional Reality. I really got into fantasy from his books. Um, I would say Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) Unfortunately, shame on me, but um, so bad the writing, but uh, so good the Mm storyline. And so that uh, got me to um, do the uh, Toxic a dystopian sci-fi erotica and um, books. um, I've been stuck on Wattpad reading mafia books for the past, oh, maybe six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, so those stories on Wattpad are what inspired me and helped me write Broken Chains. And of course the films, The Godfather, um, Reservoir Dogs, Um, And all of those um, awesome uh, actors that uh, have done the Mafia films uh, Mm. inspired me for Broken Chains. Um, Is that it? Stone Cold, again, was very biographical, so there was nothing really that helped uh, with that. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, going through most of them. I've got 13 books published in in all different uh, genres and uh, it's even musical books or life that inspires me to write
0: okay all right so I'm going to go through what I call my lightning round where I go through and ask random questions that to kind of help us get to know the uh the author and all the people I'm ready for (laughs) yeah so let's start with this one uh favorite movie right now
1: I'm going I'm gonna have to go back to the outsiders it's just never left me it's always been there and Lord of the Rings I don't think I've ever seen a movie that can beat that uh even the Hobbit couldn't beat Lord of the Rings so Lord of the Rings and the outsiders
0: okay uh Friday night the family's home school is out for the weekend you want to do a movie night what y'all's go-to snack
1: (laughs) what do we snack
0: yeah, we go. What do we that. eat, you mean? Oh, so, I mean, just I mean, oh well, I mean, just you know, you're gonna want to watch movies or something on a Friday night.
1: Okay. What do
0: you what do you come uh, up with for that?
1: Uh, we'd have pizza and popcorn. And we'd probably do a Harry Potter marathon.
0: <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with Harry Potter, of course, you know.
1: <laughs> Kids love it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, definitely so. All right. Um so, favorite cartoon as a kid, if you watch cartoons.
1: Oh, my gosh. You probably wouldn't have heard of them. Um, Danger Mouse.
0: Oh, yeah. They ran, uh, that, they ran that here in the States.
1: Yeah? Oh, cool. Danger Mouse, um, Count Ducula.
0: Oh, my gosh. Count Duckula was one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't think you'd see them. Yeah, those two really uh, clicked for me mm-hmm. when I was younger.
0: Okay, so favorite TV show from the nineties that you that you enjoyed? Nineties,
1: nineties,
0: nineties. So I mean, you know, we are talking about Growing mm. Pains and, and 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 Family Matters and The Cosby mm-hmm. Show, Cheers, Frasier. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Family, Ma- Family do, Matters. Yeah
1: yeah like, like er anything to do with the hospitals
0: okay um
1: the fires uh chicago fire i know that's nowadays but back then they had them as well so i any chicago kind of, fire did
0: exist in the 90s too so yeah that, that that
1: counts it did oh cool yeah yeah anything to do oh and um the detective um law and order
0: uh-huh
1: yeah i like law and order um anything to do with the police the fire and the the uh, hospitals, yeah, they were my favorite shows.
0: Okay, you've mentioned Sons of Anarchy a bunch, uh, for the for the for the, for the, but also talked about how in your life for real, um, in your life for real, you were you were involved with the motorcycle gangs and things like that. Uh, so here's the question: if your daughters, at their current age, Decided they want to start their own. They wanted to start their own motorcycle gang. What would they be called?
1: <laughs> She's seventeen, just about to go to university, so that would never happen. But um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I can't think. I can't think of any names. All, all of my. Uh, I've got the Hawks. We've got the Kittens we've got the tyrants, we've got the wolves, um, and we've got the um, the club uh, rage. All of them are all the MCs that uh, are in my uh, novel, but don't exist in real life, because of course, you can't use Right. A name of a real MC because <laughs> they will not like that no. and, and like hell's angels is actually trademarked and i'm really surprised when i read authors have actually used the the their name in their books not as their own club but just even mentioning them it's trademarked right. you and know may- so you've got to be very careful
0: yeah that's true and there may be some emails or things going out hey i want to write about this and you know, I need to know if I can use the name Hell's Angels during this to talk about a specific thing or something like that. And,
1: mm. you know,
0: whatever, and see. I am not for sure how that works. I've never really written most of my stuff is geared toward children. And so yeah. I've never really written in that line like, or if I need to if I did a motorcycle game for some reason, uh, I'm definitely making up the name. I'm definitely come up with something it's weird. Exactly. And
1: crazy. When once I had the name, I then went on to make sure that they weren't a real mc because mm-hmm. of course you don't want to get into trouble and right. and if you mentioned the hell's angels just say angels because it's hell's angels it's uh that's um uh trademarked and not angels so yeah you get
0: I, mean, I mean they could be they could be a biker gang loosely based off of charlie's angels so there you go <laughs> you there <know>. you go <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when they did that latest version of the Charlie's Angels team with, uh, with, uh, Kirsten, Kristen Stewart. And they were like, you know, Oh my gosh, we're going to create the most wonderful group of girls that are going to kick butt and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, yeah, they did that. That was called the one they did in the 90s with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy yeah, There
1: you go. Like that, was that, like that,
0: that was a movie. That was a
1: movie. Yeah, that and, was a movie. And, and
0: I think they got like two or three movies out of that. So like, I, I think that's already been like, I don't mind seeing awesome women in powerful roles at mm-hmm. all. But what I don't like in this current environment is this idea that when a woman comes out, and, and she's supposed to be this awesome warrior ass. and let's say the movie does well, okay? So then it's just like, okay, the movie did well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if the movie doesn't do well, it's like, well, it's because men don't want to see women kick butt. I'm going Sigourney Weaver and Aliens, uh, Pam <laughs> Greer and Foxy Brown. Uh, uh, hold on just a minute. Linda uh, yeah, Hamilton yeah, and would... Terminator. Uh, yeah, I, I've got, would... got a list of women that I watch that I love watching. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. If any movie Michelle Yeoh is in, you know from- we
1: we need we need more movies with strong, powerful women. We do. We need lawless justice to get on the big screen. So anybody who's watching that can help get uh, the kittens up on that. Uh, a movie uh, cinema, then uh, get in touch with me. Because <laughs> yep, uh, it deserves to be on there. It really does.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, but don't ignore like, don't don't just tell me all oh, the reason it didn't do well is because men don't want to see it. I'm going, that's not true, because no. a bunch of women I've seen that I love. Like I said, any of the Pam Greer movies from the 70s that I Look, kind of grew up on was just like, you know, Foxy Brown, Foxy Cleopatra, uh, you know, and, and the list all. If you can on.
1: imagine a group of six women, model looking, tall, slim, sexy clothes, bright colored hair, uh, leather jackets. Um, yeah, uh, if you can imagine a group of six women, all dressed identical, model looking, slim tall sexy with attitude you tell me a man that's not going to want to watch that or read that book
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean the thing about it is is that you know it's something i've learned especially not only as i illustrate but as i write is that i like i like to make sure that representation that they're different shapes and sizes and mm-hmm. so you know, like I remember there was a little bit of controversy surrounding, I think it was the 2016 Ghostbusters. Claire said, oh, well, people didn't like Melissa McCartney because she was big. She was bigger. Or Leslie Jones because she was a bit bigger girl. And I'm just like, well, first of all, again, I don't care what you look like in the suit. What I'm more concerned is, do I believe that you are the character that you're playing? Like when mm-hmm. I see it, you know what I mean? Because here's the deal. Like there there, you know, there there are people that will look at a Leslie Jones and feel like Leslie Jones is the most attractive thing on two feet. There are people that look at Melissa McCartney the same way. There are people that look at uh Octavia Spencer the same way. You know, and so it, it it's 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 that idea for me of okay if I like what the character looks like, I'm going to gravitate toward that character anyway. But don't, don't make me feel, you know, don't, don't tell me it, it, well, I just have to accept it because they're there. I'm like, no, I want to see a good job of acting.
1: But, yeah. I mean, they, they, they dress the same and they have to look the same because they are an MC and they use their sexuality in their work. So, you know, you, they have to be beautiful to 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 as part of their job right Uh, you know so that that it's not just oh let's just put a bunch of sexy women together and and uh, make a book about them um they're sexy for a reason they look the same they wear the same uh paw mark on the back of their jacket for a reason it's Uh, their identity you know people know who they are as soon as it, you know, you, they see the Jackie or they see the long colored hair, they know who these women are. The you don't are mix in the them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the kittens are in the building, and it's not a good idea to be on their bad side. You want to be on their good no, side. Just,
1: oh, hell no, hell no, <laughs> not I, either one of them. Either one of them would knock you down.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely don't want that. So last main question. So. Um, I know you you talked about the past, the phase you went through. And you talk about how those days go through and how they've encouraged your writing. Um, So if you could somehow, modern day current you, could go back to say a 10-year-old you and sit down and say one thing to try to encourage 10-year-old you, what would that be?
1: Um, Things... uh... Uh, you're going to have you're going to have a a hard time through life but you've got to remember that these are are just challenges these are just um uh put in front of you to see how strong you are and um you're going to make it out um and you're going to become a stronger person because of it and you're going to have a a good life just remember that no matter how bad things get They're not going to stay that way and things will get better and you just have to ride the wave okay okay
0: all right that sounds like a good piece of advice that anybody can take and use in this thing called life so where can people get in touch with you where can people go through as far as social media learn more about author assist uh where can people get your books you'll share those social media links and things that you want to share with us so that way we can get people pointed toward where they can get more and find out more about the kittens and everything else.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, like I said, uh, the audiobook of uh, Illusional Reality will be coming out uh, very soon. I think I'm doing a, a cover reveal actually this weekend with the first link of where they can get it. Um, Amazon, of course, uh, use it as a bookstore and they can get their books from there. Um, it's on Barnes & Noble, Apple. A Kobo Nook. I have 13 titles, so you can get most of them from uh, places uh, online. Um, you can find me everywhere on social media LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Goodreads, MeWe, um, even the new ones that are opening up, I'm on them. Um, you can uh, find uh, Author Assist on Facebook, and I'm also have a uh, on WordPress as uh, wordpress.com. Okay, yeah, my website is uh, urbanheight101.wordpress.com. And if you actually go to my Facebook page, Karina Gantus, you click on the banner of my page, all of my sites, my YouTube, my shows, um, my social media, where I can get all my books from, they're all listed on that uh, banner, click on the banner, and it will go to a whole list of everything you need to find me. And that's a good tip for any authors that are listening because it's an easy place to go then when you need to grab a link because they're all in one place. (laughs)
0: Okay, that, that, that makes sense, that makes sense. That's something to definitely grab towards. So thank you for that information as well uh So I greatly appreciate it, uh, Miss Cantus. Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate the opportunity to kind of pick the brain a little bit and get to learn more about the worlds that you've created, uh, and that the worlds you're going to continue to create. And um, so there we go. And thank you so much, everybody listening, for joining the conversation. Greatly appreciate you all as always. Uh, please go to the conversations about. Uh, website we'll make sure to have that in the description link as well and uh, also continue i appreciate those who've joined the uh, fan page recently on facebook and we're going to keep at getting involved and getting getting you some more hot information i am working on a new project so i'll share that with y'all there uh, and thank you guys so much for rocking with us on conversations about dot 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 they really appreciate you and uh do me a favor guys as always be blessed and blessing to somebody Take care, guys.